That's right, that's Sound of Gamers Cafe that is open for all the gaming news. Not really much rumors, but sometimes rumors. Well, I get into some of them, but some rumors, opinions as always, anything else in between. And as always, I'm your host, Brett Dicer, so let's get on with it. So the ever popular iOS, I don't know why I couldn't say, iOS app. An Android uh, app game called Fallout Shelter is coming to Windows 10 as a Play Anywhere game. That's right, you can play on Windows 10 Store or you can play it on the Xbox Anywhere or Xbox One too. And it's a popular game on mobile because, you, well, it's different from what Fallout is, which is mostly you wandering the wilderness and hopefully not dying from something stupid which sometimes does happen, uh, and then modding it like crazy if you're on PC. Uh, in this way, it's more or less uh, just base building and making sure that your uh, little vault dwellers do not uh, get killed by rad roaches or uh, raiders at all. Uh, it has themes like Fallout, but it's not really uh, post Fallout 2, I should say, because Fallout 2 was more isometric, RPG, turn-based, and Fallout 3 and 4 in New Vegas is not. It's a first-person shooter-based uh, type game with some RPG elements to it as well. But yes, you can now play Fallout Shelter on your PC and or your Xbox One if you so choose. I will probably not because I have no reason to. Um, I mean, I played it on... Uh, Android and iOS, it's, it's, they're fun games in a way. It's, it's a fun way of, you know, wasting some time. But it's just not one of those games that I'm, like, really wanting to actually play on the PC. But if you are, well, there you go. Uh, you, you can you, you can do it. Now, now, I will note that it didn't say it was going to be on Steam whatsoever, so you're going to have to go to the Windows Store to actually, uh, to actually do... To actually, you know, do this. So no, no Steam stuff at all. Uh, but you know, I mean, it happens. I mean, it happens. I mean, some things are not always going to be on Steam, and this one's one of them. But yes, you can actually get this on. You can actually get this on uh, the Windows Store if you, like I said, if you really want to play this game. I mean, you can just download it on your. A smartphone if you have one. Just saying. All right, next up is that, well, it looks like CD Projekt Red Forms got uh, hacked. Well, it's not, so it did get hacked. They did say that they were looking into it, found out that someone actually did go into their old database. Now, this is not their new database, so it's not really, it could be just outdated passwords or not. And all the passwords were encrypted, so they may not be able to actually see your passwords. So it's another great thing. But as always, they're, they're telling people to, you know, you might want to change your uh, password just in case. But yes, since they do own GOG.com or GoGames.com, uh, that could be another uh, tumultuous thing. So you might want to change your password just in case. But they were hacked. They did get uh, usernames, email addresses, and passwords. So there's that as well. Uh, so, if you are really, really scared about, uh, well, your stuff being, your, your account being compromised, 
uh, might be just good due diligence to actually uh, change your password uh, because well, no one wants to get their account hacked. Uh, it's it's not fun when you have to you know change your password. But I mean, if you want to be completely safe, completely secure, you might want to do that. But like I said, it's an old database; it's not new. So if you change your password recently or in the last month, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, especially since they did uh, have their passwords encrypted on their server. So that's actually a good thing that uh, CD Projekt Red did. Most companies actually don't do that. So um, hats off to them for that. All right, moving on to Star Wars Battlefront sequel, which we don't really know if it's going to just be called 2 or if it's going to be called something other than 2. I mean, usually I just say 2 anyways, but then it will be really confusing because Star Wars Battlefront and Star Wars Battlefront 2. But the sequel for the DICE version of Star Wars Battlefront is coming out this year, and it looks like there's going to be a campaign for it. That's right, they're actually going to be doing a campaign this time. Yay! It's also going to have, it's also going to traverse between multiple eras in the Star Wars universe. Uh, so we could see things from the prequels, maybe. I mean, people are still butthurt about them, but we could see that. Uh, we could see things from the original trilogy and probably a little bit more from the new trilogy from the new trilogy as well. Not really sure about that one. Nothing's been completely confirmed, but it will be in co-development by DICE, Motive, and uh, Crichton, who Crichton did the Burnout series, which I wish they could back, but oh well. Um, but yeah, there's going to be two other developers helping out DICE with this, which is fine. DICE isn't really known for their single player. Um, I mean, I never have been really fond of their single player on the Battlefield series, except for Battlefront, I mean, uh, Bad Company 2. That, or the Bad Company series was actually a pretty good one. But those are like the exception to the overall rule of Battlefield 1's single player was okay, it was standard. Uh, 3 and 4 really weren't that great either. So, like I said, I... I think that the other two could help with the single player experience, so I'm all for that and getting other developers a little bit better at that, uh, a crack at it. But I I like usually like Dice's multiplayer; they're actually pretty good most of the time. This past Star Wars Battlefront wasn't that great. I thought it was a little too catering to too many, uh, too casual, and not enough um, skill based actually do it i think i think blizzard has done a really good job with overwatch in terms of balancing the casual side of it and the skill-based side of it and i don't think dice has figured that that formula out yet and i think it, they're still well, fixing that as well but we'll just we'll see what happens with that now an interesting twist this week that i didn't actually didn't expect razor bought a little well, startup mobile phone company which is really weird i mean i know they're trying to diversify but it's it's a little weird so if you don't know Nextbit is uh is a startup that created the robin smartphone the robin smartphone is uh, a smartphone that is cloud-based connected so what it will do is that you have a certain amount of physical uh hard drive or ssd and then eventually what will happen is that you can save your apps to the cloud and if Supposedly, if uh, you don't use an app for a while, it will just put it into the cloud where you can get it later. 
Um, it looks like that the company wasn't really doing so well, so there could be another motive of actually being bought by Razer. But Razer has slowly just not gone away from just gaming peripherals. Um, and so this is another acquisition, especially with acquiring THX, which was another weird one. Um, they're trying to branch out a little bit more, which I don't think is a bad idea. It's just, I mean, at least branch out to be one specific in what you actually want. So could we see some Razer-focused Android phones? Yeah, we could see them. Um, will they be any good? Mm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, if you're wondering why you're talking about this on the gaming one, because Razer is very big in the gaming uh, sector and so it's a kind of a weird branching out for them as well plus there's games on android even though i don't cover them at all um but it's, it's just an interesting little twist in doing this i'm not really sure what they're good what their overall strategy is going to be with the company in general um could they could it help uh bridge the gap with their other mouse and computer our keyboard technology or even headsets maybe maybe they could use their expertise in that don't really know but it's kind of a weird interesting thing all right, here's a dumb one. I'm calling this dumb because it, it really is just, it. well, it's PETA. So let's just say that, it's PETA. So PETA decides it wants to write a letter to Game Workshop saying, hey, ha stop having your characters wearing fur. Because, I mean, in general, it's just a fake world anyway, so why would you care? But it's PETA. To be honest with you, they're all mostly crazy. I'm pretty sure in the beginning... They were actually stood up for something, and I'm all in favor for standing up for stuff that's actually in reality. But when you go after things that aren't in reality, you're kind of making yourself look like the laughing stock. I get that this is a way to get into news, but seriously, go after targets that are in this world because you're talking about fighting for animal rights, and why do you care about fictitious characters in a fictitious world with fictitious animals? I mean, there is no correlation of people seeing that one of their characters has fur and going, oh, I should really go kill that fictitious animal in this real world. There is no correlation to it. It's just Stokes just trying to get in the news. I mean, this is just a blatant, stupid push to get some free PR that I'm even talking about this. And seriously, PETA, fight in the real world. Who cares what Gaming Workshops puts in their a, fa a fantasy world. That's why it's called a fantasy world. It's, why it's called fantasy because it's not real. Pick your battles well and don't make yourself look like a laughing stock and basically turn off gamers that may actually be interested in your, in your um, company. Go, well, apparently you've gone off the deep end, so why should I support you ever? I mean, seriously, pick your battles. This is not a battle you should be picking because you have no logical argument in the slightest. Nothing, none, anything. I don't care. Who cares if a fictitious, like I said, once again, who cares in a fictitious world or a fantasy world with fictitious characters that aren't even real go kill fake beasts for their fur? Who cares? I mean, you're talking about War, Warhammer, which is a world based on perpetual war. They're always at war, which is surprising to me in more of a logical sense that none of these races have depleted so much that they've almost killed themselves off because of perpetual war. That's, I mean, there's just so many different logical things that just don't add up to why you pick this fight. But I think 
But the only logical reasoning that I could see why you picked this fight was to get in the news, and that's it. That's, that's it. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I've already, you know, kind of said my piece on that one. Anyways, into other really good news is that Banner Saga 3 has been fully funded. That's right. It took less than a week to fully fund Banner Saga 3. That's right. The Banner Saga series is actually a pretty good series that you should actually look at. It's on Steam. Uh, 1 and 2 is already out. I highly recommend it. So if you like um, turn-based, um, thought-provoking uh, types of um, types of games with very beautiful, it seems like hand-drawn, or at least looks like hand-drawn type of art. This is something for you, really well acted as well, just kind of a really lived-in world that kind of has different types of influences. Seems to even be from uh, like Norse a little bit, but seems to be all over the place with it, but also just really well thought out, well paced type of game. This is for you. I highly recommend, but it's great to see that there's fully funded. Um, now, the Banner Saga 3 Kickstarter is still going on, so you can still pledge if you want to. Um, and it's going to be running until March 7th. So be on the lookout for that and be sure that you are, uh, if you really want to, you know, pledge, go ahead and pledge to it. I mean, I like I like the first two games. I think the first two games were really well done. Um, they're hard games. I will say that they are hard games. I have died several times where I went, ah, oh, I should have made that move. But it's really well done. I mean, some of the choices I wish they were a little bit more impactful, but beyond that, I have no very few complaints about it. All right, are you someone that likes to play Heroes of the Storm? Well, another Overwatch hero is coming to Heroes of the Storm. Lucio, yes, the ever rollerblading, healing slash speeding slash get down here so I can kill you if you're not on my team. Uh, hero is coming to Heroes of the Storm with all of his abilities from, well, obviously from Overwatch being on there as well. Um, some of his abilities will, his abilities will give 20% stackable boost to movement speed and let him walk through other units while traveling along impossible terrain. Uh, and also sound wave ability damage knocks uh, back enemies within a cone shaded area. So there's just some of those abilities out there as well. So check it out if you want to. You can also look at on Twitch and see what it's all about on that one. But I mean, it looks interesting. I mean, Heroes of the Storm is a hodgepodge of different um, lizard characters all put into one. So, I mean, it doesn't really make much sense because all of them are in different types of worlds. But in this in this game, it makes perfect sense. I have no qualms about it. I just think it's a little funny, a little silly in a way. But I have no real big problems about it. I, I, it's, a, it's a good game. It's a great game. Uh, if you play it a lot, it's a good uh, balance of Dota 2 and other types of Moab games as well. And it's an interesting take from Blizzard itself. So I have no problems with what they're doing whatsoever. I just think it's a little funny. Uh, from that side. Now, are you looking for a new mechanical keyboard? Well, Rooting One might actually be the one for you. It's still, it's it was crowdfunded, and it it's interesting because it has two different types of um, kind of controls for it. And the problem is that though is that not every game is actually going to be fully supporting it. And when you go to one the gaming side of it. Uh, to be more of the mechanical side of it, um, well, it just really won't work out for a lot of games because what it will do is it will shut down your mouse where you can't actually use your mouse. Uh, that's another uh, 
thing. What what happens is is that there's an analog movement, which is kind of uh, kind of like Xbox controller type movement or the X input. And what this does is that when you do that for a lot of games, a lot of popular games, what it will do is turn off the mouse and keyboard if the X input is detected and vice versa. So what happens with a lot of games it may not actually work properly. Um, so that's one uh, kind of downfall for this one. Um, also, if you kind of like your um, number pad, doesn't have that as well. It's a very short, compact keyboard, but looks very interesting in general because what it uses, it uses a fair tech optical switches for the actual keyboard uses. So if you're looking kind of for a new keyboard that's not cheap, by mind you, it's about 180 bucks for it for pre-ordering the Wooting one. Um, this could be for you, or you can go with Corsair. Corsair. Razer's got some good ones. Logitech's got some good keyboards as well. You do have a plethora of it. I usually say that even getting mechanical keyboards is really great for just doing work in general because they're really high quality um, keyboards in general. So just check out any one of them. I mean, there's a lot of great ones. All right, well, it looks like Microsoft has come out with to their partners and said, look it, this is how we want you to create uh, computers. So what they want um, a lot of these partners to do is they want them to actually build uh, computers with quote-unquote cool designs, whatever that means, and to build more towards gaming PCs because even though desktop computers are just computers in general, it's kind of a dying market, PC, the PC industry is flourishing. So saying, look at we want to go this way. Um, now what they want to do is they want, they want uh, partners to build light laptops, uh, two-in-one convertibles, all-in-one systems as well, and have, uh, it have to be measure less than 21 millimeters thick, so really thin computers. They also want it to be full HD 1080p IPS displays, or better, uh, precision touchpads when, when applicable, and include some type of innovation. Really don't know what that means, and that's up to interpretation. Um, now for me, I'd rather just build my desktop for being a PC uh, gaming rig and have my laptop more as just a work thing. I don't really need it to be gaming whatsoever. However, I do understand why Microsoft is doing this because they're seeing the market and they're seeing where the market is going. The market is going towards gaming and just really nice designs on laptops specifically. And you could say desktops as well. Um, and so this is where they're seeing the market going and they want and they want to make sure that their uh, operating system is being used by a bunch of different people, but they also want to see their, their partners um, be successful as well because if their partner is successful, that means still more people will use Windows and that will just help Microsoft in the long run. Um, now there are, I mean, Microsoft is now making their own hardware as well, but it doesn't mean they're going to completely get rid of their partners too, because their partners is the one that's actually helped them for a while. But this is an interesting kind of turn uh, for what um, what the partners are going to be doing, because usually they didn't care as much about design, but now there's a huge focus on design, a huge focus more in the gaming element of it because of the because of the industry flourishing, as with other uh, industries or just the PC industry in general, not flourishing as well. So if you're looking for a new PC, you might want to wait a little while and see these ones actually coming out because 
That's what it's going to be about. Yeah. All right, so Sniper Ghost Warrior 3. I mean, I feel like they just throw names out now for <laughs> titles. But um, the, the beta, or the open beta, I should say, is underway right now. So if you just want to sign up, you can go straight to it and just sign up for it if you want to. Um, you will be able to play two single-player missions in Republic of Georgia. Uh, and there is an open belly trailer for it. And it's funny because they talk about snipers. And usually when you think of snipers, you think of people setting up in a perfect position and waiting for their target to come up and then taking it out and then stinking out without being noticed. Well, in this trailer, it's not really like that. You see road kills, you see uh, a lot of non-sniping. And so it's a little interesting. I mean, I get it, it's it's a triple A game and you can't really just have that because people will be a little bored in playing that, but it just, why don't you just call it now Ghost Warrior 3 and just have sniping elements in it because it's not really sniping anymore, is it? This is my problem with a lot of these sniper games. It's not, it's not really sniping too much. It's it's more of just just normal first-person action with sniping elements to it. Uh, and so that's why I think just dropping the monkeyer or even the, the part of the title with Sniper and just putting Ghost Warrior 3 or something or Soldier Warrior 3 or whatever you want to would actually be a better way of doing it. But that's my thing. Um, I did sign up for it because I'll, I'll, I'll play it and see if it's actually any good. I'm not really interested in these ones. I did review Sniper Elite 3, which is the other title, and that it wasn't that fun, to be honest with you. <laughs> I thought the story was bad and the voice acting was even worse. <laughs> I just wanted I just wanted to be over because I'm like I hate you. Also, uh, I was uh, Sniper Ghost Warrior Three. God, such a long title. Um, that if you do pre-order it, you get the season pass included, which I actually think it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, you get that with pre-order instead of just this these cosmetic things that don't really care that much about it. You get the season pass, and the season passes usually will run you fifty to sixty bucks. So. That's a that's a pretty cool benefit right there, um, but it's a pretty good move because then you get people in the long run. If it's actually a pretty good game, then people actually play a little bit more. Like I said before, I just think they should just call it Ghost Warrior Three or something like that because it's not really that much sniping going on or as much or the main part of the game. That's my thing about it. Now, Sniper Elite Four, which is the other title by Rebellion, that's somewhat to do with snipers, but it's in the World War II. Sniper Ghost Warrior 3 is not really having to deal with World War II at all. It's more modern times, so we got that out of the way. But Sniper Elite 4 is confirmed to have DirectX 12 at launch. Now, DirectX 12 was supposed to have a lot more benefits to DirectX 11, have better, more optimization with graphics, also less of a load on your CPU and graphics card and etc. People usually prefer uh, Vulkan because Vulkan is actually what is used on the new um, Android operating system. It's more, it's the updated version of OpenGL. So you have DirectX 12, you have OpenGL, and they're a little bit different in their ways of doing it. The predominant one was usually the DirectX because that's what Microsoft pushed heavily. However, OpenGL has come back in resurgence because of what Android's gonna be using, especially Vulkan. And Vulkan has had its more benefits more towards NVIDIA, um, but still a little bit more of an advantage over AMD because AMD is a little bit more optimized for DirectX 12 in Vulkan. But that doesn't mean that a DirectX 12 
doesn't have its advantages over 11. It's just if you don't have a card that actually really does optimize for it, you really won't see a benefit for it. But they are confirming at launch, which is interesting because most games are post-launch when they'll update it. Uh, Deus Ex uh, Mankind Divided had post-launch DirectX 12. They didn't have pre-launch for it. All right, moving on to uh, some a little bit of Overwatch news, not too much, but Blizzard has banned over 20,000 Korean Overwatch players for hacking. Yes, it is uh, pretty widespread, but that's not to be unexpected since Overwatch has about 25 million uh, players. Now, if they're playing all concurrently, it's probably not true, but there, there are a lot of players that are having it. Um, but... Um, this is a good thing. Now, if you're wondering, Blizzard has a very staunch zero tolerance policy about this. And if you hack, they find you hacking, you're gone. You will not be able to play it. Um, so there is that as well. But like I said, this is actually a good sign. I'm all in favor of zero tolerance of hacking. If you hack, you're done. Don't, don't even try it again. Now, can they relatively just start up a new account and buy the game again. Yeah, they can do that. But still, I mean, they still have to pay money for this. Um, but I do like that the ban hammer just falls swiftly on it. And as, as always, if they have credible evidence, they will act on it. And I like that they're actually doing that. So kudos to Blizzard for actually doing this, because I think having a stronger stance of if we have evidence, we find you hacking, you're done. We're, we aren't even going to be there's no discussion whatsoever of this. You hacked, you're out. And I'm fine with that. All right, on to Oculus Rift and ZeniMax lawsuit. Well, it looks like ZeniMax has won the lawsuit. Preliminary, I'm going to say, because there, are, there can be appeals. So this isn't like a one-shot deal for them. And, and Facebook, because Facebook owns Oculus, can appeal this if they want to. However, the jury has found that even though uh, that Oculus did uh, violate the non-disclosure agreements, which is a very huge crime uh, and it can really hurt you, they did not steal trade secrets. So there is that. However, Oculus was ordered to pay $200 million for breaking the, uh, the non-disclosure agreement, $50 million for copyright infringements, and $50 million for false designation. And also uh, the co-founder and former CEO, Brendan Irby, was ordered to pay $150 million for false denegation, while Lucky was pay, was, has to pay $50 million for it as well. So there's that, but it's not done yet because it looks like in the court proceedings it revealed that John Carmack, who is well-renowned in the PC gaming space, if you don't know, he was part of the team of ID that made Wolfenstein, Doom, Quake, I mean, pretty well, well redound in the, in computer science in general. Um, it looks like it said in the court proceedings that is, that Carmack Googled how to wipe a hard drive. Now you would think since a well-renowned smart person would know how to do this, but apparently it looks like he didn't. Plus he should have just used DuckDuckGo if he really was doing that because DuckDuckGo does not track where you're going. So, let this be known to you. If you try to do this, never use Google, use DuckDuckGo, and you'll be good, or mostly good, as, as we know of. But yes, it is said in the court proceedings that he did do this. Now, this is kind of funny because it's like, why would you not know what to do? I mean, you, you use a magnet, 
go if you uh, try to use microwaves if you really want to, especially if it's a traditional um, hard drive or mechanical hard drive, as you say, then just you know try to try to get try to get your data off that way, um, or just don't break the law if you actually do this allegedly, I should say, because I mean. Also, it's not done yet because Garmac decided to do an angry Facebook post to say how terrible it was. And I'm just like, dude, it's over. I get it. Lawsuits aren't really who's usually in these types of lawsuits. It's not who's who's right and who's wrong. It's mostly a matter of opinions. Um, and it's whoever the best lawyer wins, to be honest with you, who makes the best argument because it's all really down to arguments. Um, does, but do I agree with this Carmack when he says being sued sucks? Yeah, it really does because it's not fun. If it was fun, people would be doing it a lot. But um, if the jury had credible evidence to say that you did what you did, then that is kind of your fault. It's It sucks that your uh, defense team did not have a better defense against what they were saying. But, I mean, look at it this way. You didn't at least... You didn't have to pay the $4 billion that ZeniMax was asking for, which I don't I think was a completely ridiculous um, amount of sum. But ZeniMax, people like to be greedy. I mean, this is just, this is what it is. It's business. It sucks. When you get sued, it's not fun. Um, I totally get it, but you probably shouldn't have said this. To be honest with you, this doesn't make, this makes you a little unhinged and not really composed and just saying, hey, look at, Difference of you could have just said, "Hey, look, difference of opinion. I may not agree with the verdict, but the jury has said it's the jury of peers. They found that it was credible enough. I may disagree. That's my opinion. Best of luck to Zenny Max, and that actually made you look you in a better light. But you didn't. You kind of you kind of looked very unhinged and um, not being able to take a verdict, even though you can't appeal the verdict. And I'm pretty sure you, it's going to be well." appealed because why not i mean i would appeal this and be like 500 million for some simple lines of codes that may or may not have been changed or altered by carmack himself plus we don't really know of if he actually created the code then and then there's the whole legality of is there really trade secrets if he created the code not really is any max itself but Leave that to the courts and for you to decide. I mean, my opinion is as I am neither here nor there. I think they're both. I think in my opinion, they're probably both wrong in different ways. And there's really good. And the the case was not really going to be um, come to an amicable way because it was a, they were suing for for um, pretty pretty large sums. So. It was not. It was not going to be pretty anyway. <laughs> All right, moving on to Titanfall two and um, the update, which is due out this month, is going to be a new uh, a new mode called Live Fire, and it looks interesting. Uh, it's de-emphasizing again of the Titans, which I'm not really in favor of because you, it's called Titanfall two for a reason, and you put Titans in there for a reason. So de-emphasizing them kind of goes against what it was all about anyways i still think it's a great game i didn't think the single player was the best i thought it was kind of eh, whatever by the numbers type of thing but it's my opinion about it uh but the multiplayer is fun fast i mean i not i think some of the weapons that they did recently in changes kind of they didn't need to buff them at all i do think it heavily um Heavily encourages a little bit more sniping now than I really like, especially when 
Titanfall 2 is all about fast, free-roaming type of gameplay, and you have a lot of people just sitting. That's just my opinion about it. Um, but I still think it's generally a good game. I do think the multiplayer, for the most part, is pretty reasonably balanced. Uh, but beyond that, I'm not really in favor of de-emphasizing Titans at all because the whole point of Titanfall 2 is the you know the coexistence of working and the balance of and players like dealing with um, pilots and their Titans as well. And this just this just seems like Call of Duty mostly now, and I don't really like playing Call of Duty. I refuse to review them anymore because I'm so tired of it. Personal opinion. If you like Call of Duty, that's cool. I like Call of Duty until about Modern Warfare. And then I kind of just like, me. It was moving on to For Honor. Yes, the um, Vikings versus Knights versus Samurai sword playing game from Ubisoft has kind of confirmed that there is going to be a season pass. There's going to be ranked or competitive play coming this year as well. And the great thing is, is that... Um, the heroes in the maps will be, you'll be able to unlock the heroes without the season pass. It'll just be like, if you get the season pass, it'll be unlocked automatically. Plus the maps are going to be there for free. So you don't actually have to get the season pass, which uh, once again, I like this way of doing it. Fine. You want to do the season pass. You want to give a little incentive for actually getting the season pass. Great. But the whole battlefield uh, season pass, I do not like that, that, um, that model because can't play the maps for some other reason. I can't really do anything. Um, I just really don't like that because, I mean, you you do split up. The problem is with that with the season pass of of a paywall, you split up the community. Don't like that. Titanfall uh, developer respawn figured out that that wasn't the best way of doing it. Um, I do like the Rainbow Six Siege way or even the Titanfall Two way of DLC, which is releasing it and just having cosmetic. Uh, purchases instead but people still buy it so if there's a market for it they're going to keep on doing it when you stop buying it they'll stop doing it it's really how it is but moving on to um well valve so it looks like valve is being investigated by the european commission because well of uh anti suspected anti-competitive practices so apparently what they're doing is they're doing geolocation locking which basically means in different regions, they'll charge or put discounts on different types of games. Now, it looks like that there are some companies that are doing this, the Bandai, uh, Napco, Capcom, Focus Home, Kosh Media, and ZeniMax. <laughs> oh, look, ZeniMax doing something really nefarious. Oh, that $500 million lawsuit, guys. Not looking so virtuous now, are you? Um, but those are the ones that involve as obviously too. Those are the ones being looked into for these types of related uh, practices. Now the EU is, com is comprised of different types of European countries. It still includes Britain right now, even, even with the Brexit, it still includes them for the time being, you know, they're gonna get, they're gonna move away from that. Um, but it does breach uh, competitive rules laid out by the EU as well. So it could be interesting. Do I have a problem with them, you know, charging different prices for different countries. Not really, to be honest with you, but I understand that if they are breaking the law set by the EU, then they are breaking the law. So my opinion about it is, well, that's that's really what it is, guys. I mean, you, you knew the rules and you're breaking them and you knew the laws and it looks like you're breaking them. So you're going to face consequences, obviously. So 
no matter what I think about it, it's really up to me, but it looks like it doesn't look good for you because usually when I see EU investigations, they don't look kindly on the businesses they investigate. Just ask Google. <laughs> been investigated several times and several times have been proven to be guilty of what they're doing. So best of luck for you, but sending backs. After you were victorious in your lawsuit, this happens, doesn't make you look too good at all. Just throwing it out there. All right, so uh, Rainbow Six Siege has been, they're doing the season, season pass, season two, I should say, and they have some new operators. It looks like a new operator is going to uh, have a new way of breaching. That's right, which I'm all in favor of. I like Thermite's really cool character, but I mean, and uh, I don't remember her name, but she's part of the SWAT and she has the gun that, you know, breaches easily uh, nond. Uh, reinforced walls. Sorry, I don't remember her name, but there, but I always like new ways of uh, breaching. It looks like there's a new operative that might be able to do that as well. Also, Jackal's going to be a defense character that will be able to track footprints, so that should be interesting to, for how offensive players will be able to react to them. Now, will they be able to give Twitch away to... Um, is Twitch? The one that has... The operator that has the um, way of detecting electronics. Now, will she be able to, whoever her name is, sorry if I don't remember her name properly, um, to detect if they're doing that as well? We'll see. We'll also see how the <laughs> how the player base likes these new operators as well. Some might like it. Some may actually hate it as well. So I'm all in favor of new breaching ways and, you know, getting defense and, and offense uh, people to actually adjust and readjust different tactics with different operators as well. We'll see how the uh, community reacts to this. And um, AMD has finally uh, confirmed uh, launch windows for the Ryzen and the Vega. So if you're wondering, the Ryzen is their new uh, CPUs that should take on the i5 and the i7s for the Intel. And the Vega is the, uh, is the new graphics line our architecture is going to take on the higher end cards of NVIDIA because they kind of need to go after that as well. Now, full disclosure, I do own several stocks in AMD, but I actually have a NVIDIA graphics card. So I am in no way saying that AMD is going to like completely trounce NVIDIA. NVIDIA has a huge market share of that and Intel has a huge market share in the CPU, but I'd rather actually be full disclosure in that as well. But I am really interested to see how um, Ryzen's going to actually uh, going to actually perform, because I really want to see what the performance is and if it actually is going to uh, measure up to either compete or outpace the i5s and the i7s in general. But the launch window is going to be in March, around that type of um, window for the Ryzen CPU one. Um, for the Vega one, it's going to be around this kind of the second quarter, second half of the year. Uh, so it should be interesting to see how well those are going to compete as well. But hey, I'm all for competition in general. So this is a really good way of competing with the two dominant people in prospective areas, CPUs and uh, GPUs or graphics cards, even though NVIDIA has kind of gone into other territories as well. I'm all in favor of that. Now, I did just today get emailed that I got into the closed beta for uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands. So I will be playing that this weekend to figure out, to, 
to uh, give my opinion on what's going on with that as well. So check it out next week when I actually talk about that a little bit more. Now on to the gaming uh, deals that are going on this week. Mass Effect Drama is still on sale for Green Man Gaming. It's about uh, 20% off, so it is not a uh, full retail price. Uh, be sure that you sign up for an account on that as well. For Honor as well is still 20% off, so be sure to pick up that one as well. Uh, if you want to actually, if you're really interested in those games, you really want to get into it, how to go and go into Green Man Gaming and actually getting an account. If you don't get an account, you won't get the full um, the full discounted price, and it's a it's a free sign up, so you're not really no, it's not really you're not paying anything for it. Also, Titanfall 2 is on sale at Green Man for 25% off. Like I said, good game. It's fun, it's fun multiplayer as long as you uh, make sure to use your speed as well. Uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst is on sale for $48 too. So if you want another free, free roaming type of a game but less multiplayer. And the most hated or... Most uh, misunderstood first-person game of all time, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, is on sale half off Green Man Gaming for $30 if you really want to play that game. I won't, but I do not hate people that actually want to play that game in any way, shape, or form. Also, uh, GOG is having its uh, it's having Bloodline, Caesar 4, Singularity, Gabriel Knight, Interstate, and more for up to 60% off. It also includes Dark Rain 2, which is actually a fun game, by the way, and uh, several others as well. So check that out. Also, on the Steam side, we have uh, go, uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege on sale for half off. Ark Survival Evolve for 67% off. Deus Ex Mankind Divided for 70% off, which is the newest one. You also have Rise. Uh, which is not that great of a game, but for 75% off. And also Deus Ex Human Revolution, direct cut for $5 as well. And also uh, Uplay does have a free weekend for Rainbow Six Siege, so if you want to check that out, uh, go over there and download it for free. All right, guys, that is the end of Gamers Cafe, and thank you for tuning in. And as always, please subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, and iHeartRadio as well. Also... Um, be sure to uh, s- uh, follow us on social media sites with uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, uh, and uh, all the other ones as well. Anchor Radio, uh, Player.me as well. And uh, be- if you like these podcasts, please consider subscribing or supporting me on Patreon and Podbean, and I have some great t-shirts and coffee mugs on the Digital Coffee Podcast store, so check those out. All right, guys, uh, join me on Tuesday morning when I go through the marketing news in morning marketing. All right, guys, have a great weekend, and I will see you on Tuesday. Later. Later.